You miss some big ones to avoid one bad year. And if I look at this, I just checked off one, two, three, four good years that you missed out on to avoid one bad year. Right. Anytime I have four to one odds, I'll take that. Dude. <laughs> exactly. You know, I'll take mm-hmm. that. Ten times out of ten, I will take that. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of The Capitalist Investor. You've got Mark and Diamond Hands D. Mark, what's going on, man? What's up, brother? So I got a call from a client last week. Or actually, I called the client. And he's like, hey, it's Diamond Hands D. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Someone's listening. There you go, dude. You got to change your Twitter handle. Yeah, I got to get on that. That's weak. (laughs) And then I got to come out with a Tep Dizzle crypto coin. (laughs) I think if we roll that bad boy out at a penny and we can all get it to a dollar. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, we'd be very happy with those results. <laughs> I'll have Chris mock up uh, an image of me on a coin. We'll start pushing that bad boy out there. I mean, I would buy it as fast as I could if that, <laughs> if that was the case. Oh, that's great. All right. So the theme of today is sell in May and go away. That's the saying. Everyone's heard it before. But I think what we need to do is really examine the validity of Mm -hmm. that statement. Let's look at some numbers and let's figure out whether or not it makes sense. Because my opinion before I even looked at the numbers was you should not take it literally. So the basic gist is that from May through October, the stock market experiences what's known as weak seasonality. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you think about it, it makes sense because those are the nicer months of the year weather wise. Right. And the traders who are sitting at their computers all day long in the winter with nothing exciting to do other than try to make money trading stocks, they've got other opportunities in the summertime. Right. So they leave their home office or their office, which is great. And they go out and they have fun. Mm -hmm. And because they do that, volume goes down. Right. And they say the market is weak. So when you look historically at the stock market, depending on which time frame you're using, May through October is typically still positive. Mm -hmm. It is seasonally weaker than November through April, but it's positive. Right. So let's kind of walk through this and let's go through some of the stats so that people understand really what they should and shouldn't be doing from May through October. All right, let's do it. All right. So what do you have? Let's kind of go back and forth. I pulled a few different graphics that I want to walk people through. So, you know, I think it's important to mention before we dive in here, the sell in May and go away, it apparently stems back to a saying way back in the day in England, and it was sell in May and go away and come back on St. Ledger's Day. What's that? So St. Ledger's is a horse race. It's the last leg of the British Triple Crown, okay. which happens around the American Labor Day. So okay. it's like mid-September. So. So the whole premise of this is started from obviously a different country. And as I was reading through, it was basically everyone wanted to escape the heat of the summertime and head out to the country or wherever you went to in in the 1600s to escape the heat. So what I found is it's a lot of periods between 1900 and today and a lot of between 1950 and 2013. That's kind of the peak where I saw the sell in May and go away seasonality made more sense. Mm -hmm. But basically, the chart that I found where is just a how did this next month do? So month on month change. So between like January and February, that's a month on month change. The month on month change in May was negative, a negative 0.1. So barely down a little bit. But the worst month-on-month change was actually July. 
and that was a minus one percent. What time frame are you looking at? Just there? so that's just a one month period. Okay. So basic. I'm sorry. The worst month was September. So yeah, September's that's a poopy month. <laughs> yep. That's not a good month. Now, no matter which research report I look at, September is never a good month. Yep. And when you look at it historically, a lot of the crashes. So back in 1923, 2008. A lot of the crashes started around that time period, the okay. September and October timeframe. That obviously pushes down the historical results as well. But, you know, basically the month on month change, May is not the worst. Right. So let me run you through something. So I've got, this is from Ed Yardini at Yardini Research or Yardini. I don't even, I've been on TV with him. I still don't know how to pronounce <laughs> his name. So this is from 1928. So mm-hmm. that gets you the tail end of the Roaring Twenties, and then the Great Depression started, I believe, in 1929. So you lump that in there all the way through 2021, through where we are, at least right now, in 2021. And what I'm seeing here, D, July is the best month of the year. Since 1928, it's up 1.6%. That's the best month of the year. April is the second best at positive 1.5. December, the third best at positive 1.3. January, the fourth best at positive 1.2. The only negative months from May through October are May down 0.1%. Right. Whoopee. No big deal. And September down 1.0%. September is the worst month of the year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So maybe it's sell on August 31st and buy <laughs> on, you know, September 30th. Maybe that's the strategy. You're going to get ahead a whole whopping 1% that way. But June is a pretty decent month. It's up 0.8%. August is pretty decent, up 0.7. Those are like average months. You're right. Yep. So summer, the actual summertime, June, July, and August is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. Right. May is you know, a little flimsy, but it's the same as February, negative mm-hmm. 0.1. And September stinks. But other than that, man, like there's really not much truth when you look back to, you know, right before the Great Depression to this saying, sell in May and go away. Right. There's just no validity to it. Mm-hmm. The next thing I want to run through is a different time frame. This is 1980 to 2018. So this is more like modern era, definitely post-war, right? I don't have anything that starts in 1950 or 1960, but, you know, we either lump in, we go back to 1928 and we start, or I have 1980 here. So in 1980, again, September is the worst month at negative 0.7, and second worst month is August at negative 0.15%. But again, I mean, July's... Pretty good. I mean, it's it's up there. So again, you know, I think a lot of this depends on the time frame you're looking at. But again, I don't really see a reason to bail on stocks and to go into bonds right now. Right. Especially if you're a long term investor. Yeah. You know, I think what we're trying to get down to here is, hey, should you sell in May and go away? <laughs> you know. Yeah. And yeah, everything that we found historically points to, hey, yeah, maybe there is a little bit of you know, seasonal downturn when the summer starts, if you look at it over a very long period of time, yeah, that could happen. But how does that apply today? You know, that's really the thing that came down to for me. And I didn't really have to look any further back than than last year. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I don't know if I'm stealing your thunder with that. But if you sold in May and went away last year, by my numbers, you are down probably about 17% or so. I had to do that manually between May 1st and October 1st, but somewhere in that 16, 17%, that was 2020. And more recent numbers, the returns between May and October, 
You know, you had a plus 10% in 2013, you had a plus 8% in 2017, and you had a plus 2.4 in 18 and 3.1 in 19. Okay, so from two, you have this chart here from 2010 through 2020. How many negative instances have we seen? And that's 11 years. Yep. So we got one, two, three. Okay. So let's walk through these. So in 2010, we were down 0.3%. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense to sell all of your stocks to avoid that? No. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. 2011, down 8.1%. Does it make sense to sell all of your stocks to avoid that? Yeah. In hindsight, maybe. I, yeah. I think if you're a trader, yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yep. And there's only one other negative, and that's 2015, negative 0.3%. Would it make sense to sell all of your stocks to avoid that? I think not. No. So there was one year in the last 11 years where sell in May and go away really worked. Right. One year <laughs> out of 11. And if you did that all 11 years, you missed out on a positive 10% in 13, right. a positive 7.1 in 14, and a positive 8 in 17. Mm-hmm. And then whatever you said, 2020 is 16%. Yep. And you missed that too. You missed some big ones to avoid one bad year. And if I look at this, I just checked off one, two, three, four good years that you missed out on to avoid one bad year. Right. Anytime I have four to one odds, I'll take that. (laughs) Exactly. You know, I'll take Mm -hmm. that 10 times out of 10. I will take that. So here's what I think you should be doing instead of selling in May and going away. I think you should be focusing on what you can actively be doing to improve your portfolio. Yep, absolutely. And in order for you to figure out what the best path is for you. You need to have a good, hard, long discussion with yourself. Now, don't move your mouth while you're talking to yourself. That's just weird. <laughs> you're getting weird now. But in your head, talk with yourself and figure out what your time horizon is. Are you a trader? Is your time horizon three months? Mm-hmm. Are you a long-term investor? Is your time horizon three to five years and beyond? You need to figure that out first mm-hmm. because I think the strategy is different depending on your time horizon. Absolutely. If you are a trader... In addition to all of the numbers we just went through month by month, what the overall market has done, the one thing that holds true, D, is that defensives outperform cyclicals during this period of weak seasonality. Right. So if you are a trader and you are looking for the best bet over the course of the next few months, I think you should probably take a good hard look at owning defensives at the expense of cyclicals. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, buying your consumer staples, your healthcare, your utilities, and selling some of your tech, consumer discretionary positions like that, communication yep. services. So you get out of that stuff. So I got to interrupt you real quick. The consumer staples and healthcare rose 4.6% during that May through October period. This is since 1930 versus 2.2% for the overall market. Wow. It's impressive. Yeah. So there you go. Case in point. If you are a trader, defensives over cyclicals. Mm -hmm. Now, I would take a completely different position. And we are long term investors. Mm -hmm. We want to buy a stock when we believe that 12 months from today, the price will be higher and not just barely higher because that's not enough reward to warrant the amount of risk we're taking. Like we expect it to be up at least 10 percent in order for us to enter into a position. Right. Okay. So what I would say is if you are a long-term investor, you should do the exact opposite. I would not be buying defensives. I would buy the most highly economically sensitive, most cyclical positions you can buy when they sell off and they hit a price that you're comfortable with. So tech has been selling off. Like Teladoc. Teladoc was trading in the 150s today. 
We owned it since before COVID was even a buzzword and rode it all the way up to the mid 200s before we got out. Getting back in in the 150s when you know that e-visits aren't going away, (laughs) telemedicine is not going away, just like business travel is not going to come back full force making Zoom obsolete. This stuff's not going away, dude. And if you can get it at the right price, why wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. So I think the better strategy for a long-term investor is to come up with a list of your favorite companies, figure out at what price you'd be comfortable pulling the trigger and wait. Oh, don't snooze. You don't want to be asleep at the wheel. Pay attention and wait. Yes, you want to be patient, but you want to be paying attention Mm -hmm. because there will come a time when that stock falls to within your striking range and you want to hit the button and you want to buy it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think just the adage selling may and go away is pretty much the very definition of trying to time the market. And I know, and you know, through experience that trying to time the market is eventually going to be a losing proposition. Oh yeah. And even the people, it's funny, you know, when you first brought up this topic, it was still April and I Googled it and there was, you know, basically nothing on it. And, you know, I Googled it three days ago and now there's 15 articles out there about selling May and go away. But the people that are proponents of something like that strategy, it's all based on market timing. If you sell in May, you need to come back at the right time for anything to work. And it's not October 1st or October 31st. It's a different day throughout history. Right. Right. And that's basically just impossible to do. So when I'm trying to give advice for people right now, yeah, it's pay attention to kind of this post-pandemic comeback tour, whatever you want to call it. There are people that are being unfairly punished right now. I shouldn't say people, companies, stocks that are bargains, relatively speaking. Right. Those are the names that you can look out for, right? Some of the names that you might have missed the first time around come back into a price that is very good for an investor to get back in at if you felt yeah. that you missed it the first time around. So yeah, I wouldn't be beating down the doors to buy a bunch of consumer staples right, right. now, especially with the inflation they're seeing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what was it? I think Procter & Gamble, they're going to be raising the cost of toilet paper, high single digits mm-hmm. by the end of the summer. So you know what stinks about this, May? What's that? This is the first time ever on April 30th since the early 2000s that I did not see the Justin Timberlake meme. It's gonna be May, right? Did you see it this year? I didn't see it at all. I didn't see it. How come nobody put that out when he had that blonde perm, the NSYNC days? Man. Because, you know, May the Force be with you, May the Fourth. Like, everyone came out for that. And I honestly, I thought the same exact thing. I was, I was like, waiting what, what for happened it. to Justin Timberlake? I was waiting for it. <laughs> Someone canceled him. I guess so. Cancel Did Justin culture. Timberlake get canceled? It's possible. He oh. was. Did you watch the Free Britney thing? I did. I did not watch it. Well, I watched the first half of it. It okay. was so bad that I. It was bad. <laughs> All right. So I guess he was taking a lot of flack mm-hmm. for, you know, everyone patted him on the back and gave him attaboys when he was kind of exposed that he and Brittany were in a relationship and she was condemned for it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think he's kind of sort of canceled. He also said some dumb stuff maybe a year or so ago that got him in a little bit of trouble. So yeah, maybe he's canceled. Maybe the meme doesn't exist anymore. I haven't heard much from him at all, but yeah, you know, it's, when you look back, I don't know how we got on Britney Spears here, <laughs> but it was my beautiful singing. <laughs> that was not bad at all. Honestly. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, I did not see it. Justin Timberlake did not come off very well in that doc. So, yeah, but no one came off well, yeah. honestly, 
you know, it was a different time. And when you look back at that stuff, it's kind of cringeworthy. Some of the interviews that she had to go through. But yeah, you know, it's it was kind of painful to get through. I only made it through the first half. <laughs> I do. Even though you say it's painful, I still want to try and watch it. I, it, it every time I'm looking for something to watch, I forget about that. Yep. <laughs> and I need something new to watch because there's not a lot of good content out there right now. No. Lots of quantity, though. That's for sure. I'm not even seeing quantity on some of these services. Netflix has quantity, but I get mm-hmm. really upset anytime I start a show and it's got the voiceover. Mm-hmm. I realize I, when I go back and look at it, like it's from Spain or something like right. that. <laughs> and they do. Netflix does a really good job with the voiceovers, mm-hmm. but I still don't like it. Yep, that's, that's just because I'm a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? But I tried looking for stuff on Hulu, Disney Plus, Amazon like a couple of weeks ago, man. I couldn't find anything. It was like a barren field. Mm-hmm. So... I got nothing for you. All right. We digress. <laughs> All right. So getting back to selling May and go away. D, final thoughts? You know, it's a, like a lot of other stuff out there, I feel it's kind of outdated because really post-crash, post-global financial crisis, I think a lot of the rules have changed. A lot of the timing has changed. So like everything else, when it comes to investing, it just kind of depends so when you're out there making decisions for yourself, making investment decisions, you know, adages that rhyme probably aren't yeah, the best yep. and you need to, there's no easy answers. You need to dig in, do the work and invest in the companies that you feel strongly in. Right. So I guess my main takeaway is as I research selling May and go away, it doesn't make sense at all. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Like it's just, it's not a good strategy. So I think for all of our listeners, I think you need to figure out what your time horizon is and then pick a strategy. If you're a short-term trader, you want to go defensives over cyclicals. If you are a long-term investor, I think you stick with those higher growth potential plays and you wait for them to fall to a price that makes you comfortable owning them. Yep. Right? Well said. All right. That's it for today. Thanks for joining us. As always, if you have questions, shoot us an email at info at swpconnect.com. Check out the show notes. I'll try and remember to put that little graph in there. As always, thanks. Talk to you next time. Hey, it's Mark. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. Look, if you wouldn't mind, please go to your podcast app, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever you use, and give us a five-star rating and review. You know, the best way for us to continue to educate and enlighten every single one of you is for more and more people to know about us, and your review would help us with that. Also, we've had quite a few listeners reach out to us lately asking about financial planning. So we've decided to offer a special to every single one of our listeners. It's a $495 comprehensive financial plan. No strings attached. You don't have to move your investments under our management. We're not going to use the plan as a gimmick to sell you a product. There's absolutely no hidden agenda and no further obligation on your part. You just get great conflict-free advice from us. And all you have to do is visit your495plan.com. That's your495plan.com. Fill out your info. One of our certified financial planners will reach out and begin to build out your plan. Visit your495plan.com today. This podcast is not intended to be advice or a recommendation. This is an opinion podcast, and that goes for any investment, legal, financial, or tax strategies we speak of. Everyone's situation is different, so you should consult your own 
financial, legal, tax, investment professional, before you implement any strategy you hear about on this show and any strategy you hear about in real life as well, consult your own professional.